Saying this, we're now able to create a very special moment all together. Now, listen to that. For anybody in the audience who's got a birthday today, happy birthday to you. Now, whose birthday is it? Happy birthday to our dear friend, Jacques. Jacques Ludic, so exciting to have you with us at our AI community celebrating your birthday. It's actually an honor to have you on your birthday with us. So, yep. happy birthday from the whole team, Swiss Cognitive, as well as from the whole AI community. Dear audience, most welcome, welcome. Thanks for being with us actually on this special day. Dear audience, most of you will know Jacques already. He contributes to Swiss Cognitive since the real beginning and represents us kind of in Africa. Jacques, you are simply amazing. Let me introduce you, Jacques, to the audience. Ah, and some, one thing is I just forgot to mention, Jacques is the one who actually managed to bring Tushan on stage within less than two hours. So thanks a lot again for being that agile. Now you are a smart technology entrepreneur, AI expert, founder of Cortex Logic, Cortex Group, Machine Intelligence Institute of Africa, Five Teens and CSense Systems, award-winning AI leader with a PhD in computer science and over 20 years experience in AI, data science, and its applications. You are also the author of the books, Democratizing AI to Benefit Everyone and Neural Networks and Psychopathology. I'm sure your insights will be highly appreciated. Jacques, please share with us the perspective on AI in Africa. The virtual stage is yours. Thanks, Dalita, much appreciated. Thank you also for the birthday wishes. Um, it's great. For me, it's so wonderful to participate here, 7th of October, talking about the seven continents. So it's wonderful here. Can you can you hear me? Everybody can hear me clearly? So I can just go ahead? Yep. Okay, fantastic. Okay, so uh, my massive transformative purpose is around shaping a better future in the smart technology era. I also wrote a book, Democratizing AI to Benefit Everyone, that talks to that theme. And also my businesses and things that Dalit just talked about is really focused as vehicles uh, um, towards this. Um, and what I would like to do in this uh, short uh, keynote address is to, is to just very quickly, there we go, um, is to really cover, before I get to the, let me just go to the next slide. Uh, let's, there we go. Uh, so what I want to start off with is to talk about democratizing human-centric AI in Africa. Um, and, I, and I'm going to talk about just the pulse in Africa as well. So when I talk about this, um, you'll get a feel for what's really happening. And for me, it's, it's quite exciting. And, and maybe even, I, even if I uh, go back one slide, if you look at the little history in terms of my personal history around AI, my whole career has been in AI. But around 2016, 
2017, there was not a lot happening on the continent, but things exploded since, since then. Uh, and that was one of the reasons I founded the Machine Intelligence Institute of Africa as a community in Africa. But since then, a bunch of stuff happened on that front. And I'm going to talk about Data Science Nigeria. I'm going to talk about Deep Learning in Daba, which is Google. Fantastic um, inputs uh, into this continent. And there's a few other of the tech giants contributing significantly as well. Um, so I'm going to, uh, I, I personally also sit on the board of, of uh, Cirrus. I'm going to talk about the AI Africa Consortium. Cirrus is the Africa's AI initiative. And I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, Data Science Nigeria is one of the shining lights of the African continent, so I want to definitely talk about that. Um, and then on, in Kenya, there's, there's initiatives like ACE um, and a few others that I'm going to talk about uh, as well. So, so without further ado, if I just go back now to democratizing human-centric AI in Africa. So I've just, this is not showing everything, but it gives you an idea of some of the um, companies, but also some of the organizations and nonprofit organizations and big tech companies, as well as some of the um, conferences um, that's being held on the African continent and just some of the, the big names. And I, and, I, and I will highlight on the next slide, Data Science Nigeria, as I've mentioned, there's obviously MIA as well, the Machine Intelligence Institute of Africa. But I think deep learning in Daba is, has, has got a massive impact on the African continent. And if you think about even with the, the Kaggle of Africa, Zindi, Zindi is the Kaggle of Africa, providing data science competitions uh, across the African continent, uh, which is doing a fantastic job with a, a tremendous community that's been built uh, there as well. There's a bunch of companies um, that we can be very proud of. Um, some companies that's already making an international impact as well, as well with huge funding like robotics as well and data profit. Deep there in Tunisia, uh, my own company, Cortex Logic and the Cortex Group, we've just launched Vive Teens here as well, which is an AI-driven platform for teenage mental wellness. Very excited about that. Uh, but there's many, many other uh, very exciting initiatives um, on, the, on the African continent. Uh, so if you look at the African ecosystem, so I just want to very briefly just highlight uh, a few th uh, things. I think it's in the news. We, we see Google, Microsoft, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, GE, Siemens, all those companies, uh, uh, NVIDIA as well, Intel, Huawei, making a big impact with support, uh, trying to build capacity. But if you look at the homegrown initiatives, um, I think Data Science Nigeria, Mia is also a partner, I, I was also involved with the with with the startup, but Bayo Andenkanbi, who's who's the the visionary, the founder there. Unfortunately, he was not able to speak today, but he's the he's been the the brain behind Data Science Nigeria and the work that they've been doing and the example that they've been setting for the African continent is tremendous. They truly try to democratize AI. They've got an AI in a box that they try and make available. Um, to even if you don't have internet, you, you have access to software and to books, to all sorts of material. And they're trying to build, um, uh, they talk about a million um, uh, entrepreneurs or data scientists um, in, in five years. So, uh, sorry, in 10 years. So it's amazing what they've been, what they've been doing. Deep Learning at Daba is, uh, is an annual meeting of the African uh, machine learning community. There's many Indaba X events hosting 27 African countries. Very proud of their activities. 
Um, Machine Intelligence Institute of Africa, we can also provide training courses like data science, machine learning now. We've been officially approved by government. Very excited about that. But there is um, many, many other things. I want to also highlight just Cirrus. Um, they provide state-of-the-art computing infrastructure, um, also cooperation, open learning, um, looking at arrangements with um, some of the, 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 the MOOC learning platforms like Coursera, for instance and also providing a foundry and a fund. And the AI Africa Consortium was just launched on uh, Tuesday um, and very exciting. They actually facilitate um, all this co cooperation between universities across the African continent, uh, as well as research organizations and government, uh, government agencies. And I also just want to mention um, this work that Mia did with the Volkswagen Stichting. Uh, it's actually from Germany. And there's a bunch of European universities from Aachen and Utrecht and Amsterdam and um, Rotterdam and London University, London, Oxford University, also University of Ghana. They were all collaborating on this. And it was all about the diffusion of AI uh, in Africa and in broadly internationally as well. So very excited. Um, I'm also participating in OECD. They are doing wonderful work. In my book, I also talk about the national AI policies uh, as well. Um, and then I also want to highlight the, the Vice Chancellor of, of University of Johannesburg, Professor Siliti Marwala. You wrote a book, Closing the Gap, that talks about the fourth industrial revolution in Africa. Um, I also wrote a book, Democratizing Artificial Intelligence to Benefit Everyone, that's more focused on a global message. But I do have quite a bit of messaging around Africa, and the whole appendix talks about democratizing human-centric AI in Africa. Um, I also have a LinkedIn article that, that talks a little bit about that as well. Um, just briefly before I talk about what democratizing AI also means, um, uh, very exciting news. The audiobook is also available. It will be published this month on all these um, audit, uh, audiobook market uh, places. I'm also going to look at ways to actually democratize, making it affordable and cheap to get access to this uh, information as well. So you can get more about that. So very briefly, what I want to do in the last part of this, I want to, because it's very relevant, we want Africa, we don't want Africa to be left behind, but we're all part of a global community. We, and we want to make sure that um, we as a global community is doing the right thing. So in the smart technology era. So we know we live in the fourth industrial revolution, the smart technology era. We see the fusion of all these new technologies um, and we see the impact in all disciplines, economies and industries. So the question is, can we act in a wise way, in a way, in a, in a, in a proper way to actually um, create that better future for as many people as possible? Um, and we know about the profound, uh, and, uh, pr pr profound impact that, that AI has. Now, AI, there's obviously other technologies also in the smart technology toolbox. But because of all the data that we're generating, we've created this nervous system with the internet, we've created a nervous system for society, for humanity. And with all the data that we are generating, with people being instrumented um, with IoT, with the industrial internet, we've generated so much data that it's perfect. It, we've set everything up for AI machine learning to unlock tremendous value. And we see the speed of technology change. So the question is, can we adapt quick enough? Um, and, and I think what we also see here is 
the combination of not only assisted and augmented intelligence, we're clearly moving to autonomous intelligence as well, like self-driving cars, autonomous trading, um, and a bunch of things where you will see just AI operating and making decisions. So we've got to be wise and be smart in terms of what we want to do here. So that's why in the book I talk about um, we, we need to make the right choices um, to really make sure ensure that better future, and we can still do it, even though it's like a runaway train. Um, and I know currently in the world, the problem is not just with tech and with bias and data abuse. It's There's, there's more things. We know that people struggle with sense-making with meaning making. Uh, clearly on economic front, we've got wealth gaps. We don't want autonomous AI to contribute further to that. So we've got, we got to be sensible in how we engineer this better society. Um, so job loss uh, problem, human agency, dependence locking, institutional decay, disorder, destabilization of society, all of these things. So what do we need? We need visionary leadership. We need collective sense making. We need wisdom, really wisdom, practical actions, to ensure that better outcome for humanity and civilization. So we move in the right direction. So in, in the book, I talk quite a bit about, I do a, a sense-making across the whole spectrum. So uh, you get a, a really good feel um, for the impact of AI and what we should be doing to, to move in the right direction. So in terms of the impact, if there's any doubt about the impact, it, it, it's clear that it affects almost everything, our productivity, our effort and time, we take to complete daily tasks, uh, the way we search for information, our understanding of complex problems um, and how they fit together, understanding of the brain, privacy, transparency, ethics, all of those things. Um, so it's really important to, to make smart decisions here. Um, and what we see is digital, digitization or digital literacy is becoming the largest separator because it obviously provides opportunities uh, for knowledge, growth and all of those kind of things. And it's not longer purely religion or location or cultures being the largest separator. So we've got to make sure we, we, we enable people. Now, in the book, I talk about I'm giving some hints. I'm, I'm really bringing in some thought leaders that's really helping us to think properly about this. So I wanted to emphasize John Rawls with the Rawlsian theory of justice that talks about one that promotes fairness above all. We should not be thinking about justice uh, we should be thinking about justice from a veil of ignorance. So you almost not, you should almost forget who you are um, and then try and make sure that we engineer from that perspective. So that's what it's about. And uh, Jamie Suskin talked about the future of politics. He just talked about the importance of accountability and checking um, and, and all of it. I'm, I'm concerned about surveillance capitalism as well as state surveillance. Um, and I think it's very, very important that we make sure that we don't create digital di dictatorship and that we don't have manipulation of people, psychological manipulation of people. So, so we need to come up with proper solutions. And there's been great books written. There's even a Netflix um, documentary, The Social Dilemma, that talks about these things. Um, I absolutely encourage people to, to look at that and inform yourself. I, I also reference this quite a bit in my book. Um, we know that the benefits for society and social good and for Africa uh, is tremendous. And I think Max Techmark said, helping civilization to flourish like never before, as long as we manage to keep the technology beneficial. So that is absolutely key. And I don't have time to, to but Klaus Schwab's quote here is absolutely fantastic as well. Um, and if you look at the, the positive 
impacts. And that's why even my companies and organizations that I'm involved in, this is kind of the areas that we focus on. I focus on healthcare, wellness, education. I've invested there. I think this is one of AI's best uh, benefits of positive applications for society is really around that. Uh, the future of work, it will affect it. Clearly, AI will optimize or augment people's lives and create new efficiencies uh, enhancing human capacities. So clearly that's gonna be the case. Uh, but there are risks and concerns. And uh, I go in a lot of detail into each of the potential risks and concerns and what we can do to avoid that. Um, and there are very specific solutions. We need to collaborate. That's what I love about Swiss Cognitive, the fact that and even this um, conference here, the focus of is about collaboration, bringing across borders and stakeholder groups. And we need to develop the policies to assure that development of AI will be directed at augmented humans and common good. Um, and then we got to shift the priorities of economic, political, and education systems to empower individuals. And that's why I came up with a massive transformative purpose for humanity that's really focused on empowering the individual and helping us to stay ahead in a race with the robots. Um, and so the book is really, yeah, so it's, it's really a sense-making journey around that. And I just want to maybe uh, end with this. Um, I introduce also Sapiens, but just to end off here, um, what I would love to see is that we evolve a dynamic, empathic, prosperous, thriving, and self-optimizing civilization that benefits everyone in sustainable ways and in harmony with nature. And, and, uh, and, and you can read about this in a book. I will have some more podcasts around this. But these four buckets, I'm talking on a systems level, on a quantity level, quality level, but they also place the, the best possible livable habitat. And, and for me, I maybe just in the interest of time, because I don't have time, I just wanted to emphasize, I think it's very important that people have hope and a purpose. So it's so important that we um, move towards, and I've, I'm just gonna show one thing here, that we maximize quality of life, character building, sense-making, well-being, and meaningful life, and use smart technology to, in that, uh, to, to actually achieve that. And if you think about our children, we want to give each child the opportunity to maximize quality of life, character building, sense-making, well-being, and meaningful living. Um, and what I've done is, with the massive transformative purpose for humanity, it's not just that. There's very specific goals, and there's very specific solutions to help achieve that. And um, obviously, on the African continent, we will see, we will obviously work on implementing this. But I think clearly, this is something that we as a global society need. And, and, and my final thing is, I'm not going to go into to the, to the details, just last one here. Um, I've introduced Sapiens, which is a human-centric, user-controlled, AI-driven super platform with personalized AI agents that not only empower individuals and monetizes their data and services, so that not the tech giants and all the other people is getting all the benefits, but that the individuals is also getting it. But it could also be extended to families, virtual groups, companies, communities, cities, city-states, and digital nations and beyond. Um, so, and I do have quite a bit of more detail about these kind of things and, and why we need it. And, and also what does it mean for the individual user, as well as what does it mean for um, communities. And with that, I wanna end, I know my time is up. I don't know if there's any questions, Dalit, but uh, happy to, to talk a little bit more, if needed. Thank you, Jacques, for, <laughs> absolutely, thank you. Thanks a lot, Jacques, for sharing your vast experience and expertise. Uh, it's really a lot that we can discuss yeah. more and more and more. 
one question would I would like to know, I mean, you have such a vast experience. If we're looking at the last decade, what would you say have been the three main developments with regards to AI when you started more than a decade ago to, to more, today? More than two decades ago. <laughs> Even, okay. I I'll made you younger now. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's so. So I would say, Dalit, let me just stop my presentation. I'm not sure if I can stop it, but uh, let's just get uh, exited. Um, anyway, you can still see me. Uh, uh, well, okay, okay, great. Um, so um, I would say, Dalit, it's it's quite interesting for me in the 1990s when I was still doing my PhD. It was kind of research, and we were still building the technology to be useful. There was still the traditional machine learning technology. With my first AI company, and especially during the 2000s, we've used traditional machine learning. We didn't use really big data, but the, the traditional machine learning made a huge difference, and we were able to make measurable impacts for businesses. Uh, if you think about um, um, an industrial space, just to incre increase throughput with one, two, three, four, five percent implies millions of dollars. So with machine learning in the 2000s, we were able to do that. But then in the book, I talk about the history of AI. But in the 2010s, the amount of data, the computing power, the fact that we've got application-specific AI um, and all of those kind of things that enable us to, to actually do deep learning. So deep learning was an amazing breakthrough in, I would say from 2011. And that paved the way for, even if you think about Tesla, what they're doing with machine learning, they, they, they're just using camera, they're just using data to train these systems to actually and get closer and closer to autonomous, well, self-driving cars. Um, but if you think about IoT and the internet, the fact that we can store massive amounts of data, that we can compute, I think that changed the ball game tremendously and puts us in a position where all the things that we're talking about now is possible. It's, 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 I'm a believer. I was not a big believer. I was seeing the, the limit, the, the impact in the 2000s, but the 2010s and 2020 and beyond, I think we're going to see amazing things. And it's not just with AI and machine learning. I think with blockchain, uh, with as decentralized technology, I think with biotech, nanotech, with AI, that fusion and of And quantum quantum. I mean, honestly, quantum. if quantum quantum comes in, we're going to yes. have even much more. And I mean, listening to you, it reminds me to the movie Hidden Figures. Have you seen it? Yes, fantastic yeah. movie. So fantastic. I think this is I to audience, whoever haven't seen the movie Hidden Figures, check it out. I think this is exactly how you see how technology like empowers us and how people empower, empowers technology, but it's always going hand in hand. The more we have, the better the com com sorry, connectivity, uh, more computer power, all these things together is actually bringing it to where we are today. And I'm just thinking, ex extrapolating it to the next two decades, let's see where we end. Jacques, it was great, great talking to you, especially on your birthday. and. I'm privileged to be able to discuss more with you, even bilateral, because you have so much to share. Dear audience, feel free to reach out, and especially reading Jacques' <laughs> Jacques' book. 
and see you then. Enjoy a lovely evening with your family and regards to everyone. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.